Welcome back to On the Ground, a podcast for the members of Hill City Baptist Church in Peterborough, Ontario. Uh, we're meeting in person today because, quite frankly, I'm fed up of talking to you through a screen. Yeah. So uh, that and because I just, I don't think I'm a fit uh, for the digital age. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's genetics, but every time I... I I'm in the proximity of electronics. Weird things start to happen. Yeah. Al, you can testify the last two times I've, I've preached. Something has gone wrong. Yeah, something has gone wrong. Last week's podcast didn't work. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, we just we just couldn't even do it. So anyways, we're here in person today, and it feels a lot more natural. But you have that sultry radio voice. Sultry. <laughs> huh. I don't know if that's a compliment, but... Gravelly? <laughs> <laughs> Gravelly, yeah. Definitely more apt. Anyways, glad to be with you guys. Uh, we did a podcast... I don't know when it was now, definitely a few weeks ago, on uh, ministry as a whole church project. Mm -hmm. And uh, we got some encouraging feedback from that. Uh, People seemed helped. It seemed to be kind of a new category for some people. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought we'd we'd kind of revisit that subject and um, ask and maybe discuss a a grab bag of questions and uh, see where that goes. And uh, that's what we're going to do. I, have, I didn't int- introduce everybody today, but uh, Rylan Auger needs no introduction. Uh, Alex Klusterman yeah, so we won't definitely one. requires one, <laughs> but we'll just pass on. Uh, and, it requires a trigger warning. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A trigger warning. <laughs> Boys, that if needs we, to if be we ever offer a tri- trigger warning, we're just going to cancel the podcast right then and there. Yeah. Uh, and also Malachi <laughs> McCavney. Thank you for being here and making this possible, Malachi. My pleasure. My name's Ben. Have I been pronouncing your name wrong? Is it McCavney or McCavney? McCavney. Oh. Oh. Wow. How long have you known Malachi for? At least a year and a half yeah, to two years now. <laughs> Malachi McAvaney? Yeah. <laughs> Malachi McAvaney. Going back to his Italian roots, <laughs> his mob roots. Okay. So, uh... As soon as we start talking about ministry, the subject of uh, gifts and giftedness comes up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we probably all remember those studies we did in youth groups about discerning your gifts, taking, you know, 50 questions to figure out what your gift was. Um, Al, you've preached on this in the past, uh, and I think it's been helpful. Why don't you, in under a minute, mm-hmm. recap your entire philosophy of gifts? Yeah. You can take a few. Lo- you can take a bit longer than a no. First Corinthians it. twelve seven to each is given uh, a manifestation of the spirit for the common good. That is a summary of my view of the gifts. And <laughs> you can uh, go a bit more in depth if you. Yeah. Want, okay. Yeah. I just wanted to show people I can be successful. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, to folks. All the to all the doubters, all the doubters. That wasn't yeah. even and you, though. That, that was Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my own thoughts. No. Um, uh, so <clears throat> we have to, several things, even in that passage to each. So every Christian has a gift and, um, the gifts are not confined to a particular class of Christian. They're not just the leaders have gifts. Um, you know, we often hear that even in the rhetoric, the way we discuss it, oh, they're gifted as if, uh, other people aren't gifted. Right. Um, so we want to begin with every single Christian, if you have the Spirit of God in you, has a gift, a spiritual gift. 
Uh, it's described as a manifestation of the Spirit. So that's why everyone has it. There's no such thing as a Christian. If you don't have the Spirit of God, you are not a son of God. Um, so every son of God who possesses the Spirit has been given a gift, and the purpose of those gifts is not um, vainglory, is not self-promotion, is not you know escalation into a position of authority. It's for the common good. This is very important, and we need to not move past this because this will flesh out perhaps... Um, the nature of the gift uh, determines both how we discover it and how we exercise it. So if a gift is something that is given not actually for you, but for someone else, that's really helpful in determining how, how do we figure out our own gift. So you mentioned the youth group thing. Why is it misguided to just fill out a survey? And there can be a measure of help in that. Um, well, it kind of is a built-in structure to that whole, you know, exercise that my gift is fundamentally about me and the way I discern it is by my own observation. But if your gift has been given to you by God for the sake of other people, then perhaps a better way to discern your gift is to make it your aim to love and to serve people and however you feel compelled to do so and however God equips you to do that, that's probably how you're gifted. So there's a way more practical way of discerning your gift. Make it your aim not to discover your gift. Make it your aim to love people. Make it your aim to serve people. Right. And if you're doing that by the Spirit of God and according to His grace and His Word, you will manifest your gifting. You mm. will. But if you just think about who am I and what am I good at and what what is what do I feel called to do... Uh, I mean, that's just not what gifts are given for. It's not given for you. You mm. know, it's given for them. So, yeah. So it starts, it starts with, it starts with love. Yeah. Starts uh, with love. It, it, mm -hmm. it, uh, it doesn't start with, okay, now I know how uh, my identity will be best realized. Yeah. And here's a specific narrow sphere. I can mm -hmm. execute that. Mm -hmm. um, self giving, not self. Assessment. Yeah, 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 and 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 gifts are are given so that we can um, love each other or, or love one another in mm -hmm. in the best way possible. Mm -hmm. We want we want to know our gifts not because it it somehow adds to our identity, mm -hmm. but so we can mm -hmm. love people the best way we can. Mm -hmm. It's almost helpful that Paul's never giving the same list of gifts whenever he's talking mm -hmm. about things. That he's there's no exhaustive list. No, and, there's no and, exhaustive. And list when yet. you think that way. There's all kinds of, of problematic thoughts that follow. One would be that you start to say, well, this gift is better than that gift. Or if you don't see something that you would say you're particularly gifted to do on that list, yeah. you write it off as being a spiritual gift, even if it falls in the category of what we just described, yeah. that it's loving, that it's it's primarily uh, for the good of someone else, for the encouragement of their faith. Um, and and you, you basically, when you treat it as if Paul hasn't said it, it's not real. You actually are. You're actually setting yourself up to not be serving other people and to not be using your gifts. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, let's let's per pursue that a little bit. Um, you know, it, it seems that the the uh, uh, public gifts are emphasized. Yeah, um, and 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 to some degree, uh, understandably, Paul says to to. Um, be able to teach, to pursue teaching, uh, to some degree. Um, but they often, it, it, the giftedness seems to be relegated to the public gifts, yes. teaching, uh, prophecy, uh, 
things like that. But and Ryland, you you kind of opened the door to this. The the range of gifts are much broader than that. And I oh, thought yeah. it'd be helpful. Let's just discuss um, what those include. Uh, you know, I, I I thought for myself um, uh, generosity. Um, mm-hmm. encouragement, administration, hospitality, some of those are mentioned, uh, but some of those are just uh, a natural outflow of, of how we serve other people. Mm-hmm. Um, why, why is it that those kind of gifts aren't emphasized as much? Yeah. And, um, and they're just as important. And they're just as important. So that is like, you are basically speaking 1 Corinthians 12. I mean, that's what Paul's addressing mm-hmm. there. Um, he actually says, just as the body is one, has many members, all the members of the body, though many are one body, and the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. And because, he goes on to say, um, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell? So the, di- the diversity of gifts is central to a theology of the body. And he even goes on to say that almost confronting the idea that we tend to value and prioritize certain ones over others, that it's actually the ones that are we consider less honorable, that are worthy of more honor. And whereas, you know, in a church, you might esteem someone with the gift of teaching or leadership, public gifts, as you say, but you should esteem no less and perhaps even more those with the gift of hospitality, the people who are week in, week out, um, noticing and moving towards and welcoming outsiders to your community, welcoming people into their home, people who are generous, who are constantly caring for and serving um, the poor. Like these are gifts that are no less noble and are worthy of of honor, just as the other gifts. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, there should be no elitism in the church, you know, it seems to be something that maybe we've um, caught from the culture. Yeah, uh, and and even there's there's uh, certain aspects of what we call kind of the celebrity Christian culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely gifted guys uh, mm-hmm. appreciate their ministry and their teaching, but they're all you see uh, yeah. most of the time, you know. Uh, and to some degree, that's you know, you can't have everyone up there, mm-hmm. but it reinforces this fact that if I'm not up there, if I'm not on the spotlight, if I'm not doing teaching, then what good am I doing? Yeah. But it doesn't follow that just because you aren't, as, as you say, aren't gifted a certain way, then your your gifts are useless yeah. or that you're useless. Yeah. Uh, it's just a very wrong way of thinking that we've caught from the culture. Well, that's why the body analogy is important. I mean, the, a hand is not a body. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. a body has a hand. And when a preacher is not a church, a teacher is not a church, a leader is not a church, all of the gifts that God have get, has given may make up the church. And I think one way we can just practically push back on that and avoid that kind of elitist, um, narrow view of the gifts is to, to re-envision the public gifts in the service of equipping people with their gifts. Uh, to use their gifts. And that's exactly what Paul says mm-hmm. in Ephesians 5, that he gave pastors, um, shepherds, was it pastors, shepherds, evangelists? The five I don't remember ministry. the exact order, but yeah. Yeah, um, for the sake of, f- to equip the saints for the work of ministry. And so he didn't give these leadership gifts 
as the only gifts in the body so they could do the ministry. He gave these gifts to equip the rest of the body to fulfill their role in ministry. And if you view your leadership as kind of just the exercise of your gifts so that people can receive and support you in your exercise of your gifts, that's a, that's an unhealthy view of mm-hmm. church. Mm-hmm. If you see the exercise of your gifts as not only just being one part of the body working, but actually serving the purpose of everyone else using their gifts, that's a very different paradigm for ministry. And it takes a kind, a different kind of person. Like you, you can't, if you view yourself as the only really important person here, you won't take on this kind of ministry. Mm-hmm. If you can affirm it doctrinally, but you don't actually think that way. Mm-hmm. If you think in a worldly way, these people's gifts don't matter, then you won't help them function in them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You won't help equip them in them. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a, coming back to the idea of not seeing them as less, but also a, a sort of a glorying in our weakness because when we are weak, then Christ is yeah. strong. And so so, so in uh, 1 Peter, Peter says, um, serve in the strength that Christ supplies so that in everything he may be glorified. Yeah. And and the goal, if you're if you're using your gifts in a way that you're trying, like you said, that feedback loop where it's coming back to you, you're not doing it for God's glory. You're no. doing it for your own. Yeah. And and one of the ways that we combat that is is to glory in weakness. That we say it's it's amazing when we are we appear to be weak, but yeah. He appears to be strong. And that's why Paul can say that those seemingly lesser gifts, maybe those more less public gifts or obscure. <laughs> it's hard to, I mean, we could get the to the, yeah, the cross stitch. The gift of cross stitch. Not yeah, cross fit, cross yeah, stitch. You think maybe like the person who cleans the church or something like yeah. that, you know, uh, it's, that's a very unseen thing, right? People, it, it's in, in fact, it's done best when it's not seen. Like mm. if people aren't seeing that the church is ever dirty, it's because somebody is there always cleaning yeah. it, right? Yeah. It, and that takes the posture on, 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 on their part, on the less seen gifts, to um, you know, le- don't let your right hand know what your left is doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you get your reward in this life, uh, acclamation, admiration. Yeah, uh, then you actually forfeit it. Mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So um, there's actually a sense, and you know, you need to have the posture of uh, no one's going to know that I've done this, but yeah. God knows. Because yeah, that's not your motivation. Because the use of your gifts is for God's glory yep. and other people's good. You're not even doing it for your own identity's purpose. Like, Because then you'll be disappointed when people don't recognize you. Yeah. If it's a constant identity thing, then it's like, you must know me. You must acknowledge me. Yeah. You must recognize me. And it's like, who are you doing this for? You're doing this to build your identity. And it's definitely a danger with the more public gifts. Oh, of course. I mean, it, it, you know, you can fall into mm-hmm. that kind of... Um, expectation mm-hmm. right and something you said too Rylan, made me think it's important for those with public giftings typically in leadership to not give off the air of self-sufficiency to not say give lip service to the fact that all the parts of the body are important but then functionally live as though i don't really need anyone <laughs> you know what i mean and uh, elders ought to be characterized as men who People can thank, be thankful for their gifts and strengths, but are aware of their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And the church is very much run by and supported by um, 
many different people doing different things. And that's just that's just a healthy church. But you know what? A lot of pastors are insecure because a lot of people are insecure. And they feel as though there's a wrong view of leadership that says, if I show any kind of weakness or if I show any area of incompetence, I am, I am uh, not competent as a leader. But the biblical view of leadership says, no, no, you need to have certain capacities and carry certain responsibilities, but not everything. And other, you need other people to fulfill even your... Look at Paul's life and ministry. He was never alone. He was always thanking people. He was always making use of people. He was always needing people. Mm-hmm. I, uh, sorry, guys. I keep going back to what you're saying. The body, the hand is not a body. Did you guys ever watch the Adams family? Sorry, I feel like I'm derailing our conversation. <laughs> I, there was I wasn't there was a member to. of their family. Yeah, I remember there was a was it the thing crawled around. Uh, no, the, was, it, it wasn't cousin it. He was the hairy. Yeah, guy. no, there was maybe it was thing the hand thing. right. It was just he a was hand. Just, he was yeah. just a sentient hand. And he <laughs> yeah. kind of scuttled around the house. Um, but the the point of that was that it was kind of an anomaly. So yeah, we did, I just want to like we're on the same page that a hand can actually be a body like in real life. <laughs> yeah, we like that's not that. real, right? We're having an existential moment of questioning the reality of the, yeah, Adam's the, family. the whole argument. Kind of falls apart. The <laughs> hand, in fact, can be a body. Anyways, we're gonna move on. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Um, Well, I was just thinking as we were talking, maybe bring it back to obscure gifts. I I think there's also a few, there's a temptation to get caught up in finding this is my gift. I'm owning it. You you wrap your identity around it. Whereas there's also the benefit of there's a few gifts that are just super common. Mm-hmm. And are encouraged everywhere. So we, we we use the general statement of you need to love other people. But that can come across as uh, vague to a degree where it's not helpful. But if you say hospitable, mm-hmm. that takes a that takes a new perspective. And hosp- yeah. the gift of hospitality, sure, some people are going to be really good at it. It's going to come to them naturally wanting to open up their home. But every single Christian can be hospitable. Be hospitable and yeah. it's the kind of thing that it's that people aren't always and generous. Yeah. 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 It's the and generosity is another thing that can be that can be done without really being seen. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. and it's but yeah, those are important things we can just give ourselves thing. to. Yeah. 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 You don't have to find your gifting. You can actually just lean into some things that are spiritual gifts that and, bless other people. And and certain and gifts and certain giftedness. Um can be reserved for certain seasons, uh, like or or at least their importance mm. can be highlighted in a certain season. I'm, I'm thinking of one individual in our church specifically. I, I won't say her name because she'll be very embarrassed. But uh, her gift of encouragement, um, you know, writing letters and things, has been kind of highlighted in this time oh, of, yeah. of separation and isolation. Yeah, and she's driving by and dropping off gifts and, and writing letters, and I I can. I know there's a number of people who've been very encouraged. In that oh, way. yeah. Um, yeah, there's multiple times I read the letter and it was almost like... F- freaky is a negative word, but it was such a timely word. Yes. But I thought, wow, that was strange. And my wife talked to her at one point and it was almost... Beck said she was almost in an out-of-body experience. Like this person right. is saying things that she'd been articulating to me. And there's maybe and a number of gifts at work been there, right? She's for, encouraging, but there's yeah. a word of wisdom and season yeah. and, and uh, you know, all those things. But 
but oh, uniquely helpful in this time. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I think that's just something to highlight. Uh, and and just to kind of move on with that, something this this person said individually, I found very convicting, and and I think timely because I I think there's a lot of people struggling right mm-hmm. now, and and kind of the say an excuse, but it's it's just more difficult to have the impulse to serve when you're struggling yourself. Yeah, It's like, I'm barely holding things together mm-hmm. right now. Uh, how am I going to think about someone else in this mm-hmm. time? Mm-hmm. But she said something along the lines of, even when you're personally struggling, mm-hmm. it's very helpful to be outward focused, mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. serving others. Mm-hmm. Why does that seem to be the case, do you think? Because well, there's nothing more joyful than being like Christ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's nothing more human. Yeah. Like when we when we are off, whatever it is, or anxious, we're depressed, we're discouraged, um to to you know act in accordance with our humanity as God's created us created us is good for us. Mm-hmm. And we know this with people who struggle with depression and anxiety, you become very insular and then it's a cycle. And and you 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 don't do the things that are good for you. And the way we typically think of service is like, I need to have my cup filled up and then I'm going to go serve and my cup's going to empty and then I got to go get my cup filled again in private and then I'm going to go pour it in in public. And there's a part truth there. Jesus served and ministered and then he went away to rest. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's absolutely that. But it is also my bread to do my Father's will. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. like yeah. we're not only burning calories as we serve; we're actually feasting yeah. at mm-hmm. the same time. And we typically only view it as burning calories, as if it's just we're losing. Um, you know, we eat and we feast, and then we go and serve. And it's like, what if serving is feasting? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, had, yeah, and we need that. And I had an experience this past week where, I, you know. A conversation. It's like, oh, I'm going to go serve, uh, meet with this person, and and exactly that, coming away feeling nourished and built up, and like that wasn't serving at all. It was mm-hmm. actually I was being served. But that yeah. that is, and and if we if we are waiting to the point where we feel, ah, like I'm ready to go now, like yeah. I feel like I I can go love this person. They, mm-hmm. The reality is, most times we just won't do anything. No, because mm-hmm. how many of us can mm-hmm. say we're ever in a place where we feel whole in all the compartments <laughs> in our life? And is that really serving in the strength that God exactly. provides? Yeah, that's or right. You it, just delude yourself. Is it thinking. serving in the strength that you have, which admittedly is little to none, yeah. if we're honest, and that we never have strength? Whereas mm-hmm. it's, look, we were burdened beyond um, anything we could, we thought we could endure, and this was to make us trust not in ourselves, but the God who raises the dead. Perhaps in our greatest moment of weakness is when God can do the most in and through us. And this, we see this all throughout. This is the testimony of the Christian life and the examples in Scripture. When I'm weak, then I am strong. And because uh, it is God's grace at work within us, you know, and it takes faith to realize that and faith to step out in that and faith to trust that as we give ourselves for the good of others and the glory of God, God is pleased to do an amazing work through that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I do, I've told you guys stories where I've waken up in the Sunday morning and I'm pouring the coffee water and it's like, I need a sermon in an hour and I literally have nothing. Any pastors who are listening, that's probably not your normal MO. No, you no, yeah. don't, don't. Tra- it, yeah. It's like driving. There to <laughs> but those things but, do happen. You got a crazy week. Yeah. And, and I just, I actually said help. I just prayed help over my coffee maker 
and went downstairs and I literally wrote the entire sermon start to finish and people were encouraged. But it was a defining moment where I just felt the Lord really pressing that home. It's like, you realize I am the one who's doing this, right? You realize this is my show. It was like, yeah, yeah, definitely it is. I think, and the more you realize that and acknowledge it, just confess it, probably the easier it is the next time to be oh, able yeah. to, you know, the more that we can say, this is God, this is not me. And not in a, not when you, you sit in a room of people and say, this was all God, yeah. you know, because people are listening. But when you can actually, in your private thoughts, be able to acknowledge that wasn't, that wasn't me at all. That was, oh, yeah. that was you, God, you know, mm. that's, uh, God's doing the work there. Well, how do we maintain, um, a posture, an impulse to serve. Um, you know, the days are busy. Uh, you know, we can often feel like the opportunity to serve is an imposition rather mm -hmm. than an opportunity. Um, you know, if I think if we're honest sometimes. So how do we, how can we stoke those fires of, of, of uh, wanting to serve? And, and not just waiting for opportunities to serve, but actually seeking out those opportunities. Mm -hmm. Gratitude. I just think about when Jesus says, not that gratitude is the essence of loving, but it spurs love. So when Jesus says, you know, he who's been forgiven much loves much. Mm -hmm. And when you think about how much you have received from Christ, you, you just want to overflow with that to other people. You, yeah. when you When you revel in what you have in Jesus and what's been given to you generously and graciously, you just want to share that with mm -hmm. other people. Mm -hmm. I think a posture of thankfulness to God and even, and then a thankfulness even for when God shows up and supplies the strength, like thank, a, a posture of thankfulness, I think will encourage that to go forward more and continue. And if you're feeling right now, like you're like, I don't know how I'm going to do something. It's like, just stop for a second and think about all the things that have been graciously given to you in God or in Christ. It's like, that's going to be motivating. <laughs> yeah, and the word... That's why the word is foundational, right? Like when we see the glory of God mm -hmm. in scripture and we see the work that he's done and the deliverance that he's won and the commands that he's given, you, you know, he works through that and then it becomes something that he produces in us. And uh, yeah, I mean, you think just the example of churches that don't focus on scripture, that don't focus on deep, rich, expansive um, preaching and you know, that aren't centered on the cross and the gospel. And they're always just focused on meeting people's perceived needs. They're not places where people are serving. They're, they're perpetuating a consumerist mentality. Mm. But people that highlight the love and the service of the Son of God mm -hmm. in the place of sinners are places where you don't need to be constantly telling people do this, don't do this. Do you are the spirit is producing through the word love for God and love for others as we see the love of Christ. Love begets love. That's that's the succinct way of saying it. Only as much as we see the love of God will we share the love of God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. We we can't make ministry or mission our our purpose of being. Yeah. Uh it, it, it's a result. It, it's yeah. uh um and you see Christians, you know, to their credit, they, you know, they jump into difficult ministries, you know, whatever it is, you know, ministries of service and helping 
Um, and then, you know, the years go by and, and, and the cynicism washes in. It's like that the foundation of that service is not built on a rich fellowship and relationship with God. It's, it's, it's kind of, um, it's being self-sustained mm-hmm. and, and it's just a, it's a sad, impoverished way to live. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's not honoring to God. It's not even really helpful to other people, mm-hmm. uh, especially when we realize that we can, apart from Christ, we can do nothing. Yeah. It's like a dry branch. Yeah. He's our life. Uh, well, anything else you got? Any last moments of inspiration that have crashed into your minds? I mean, it's hard to top the Adams Family reference, but I, I, it's just I, I just make the high water mark wherever yeah. I go. I, yeah. I can't help it. <laughs> I just just because this is mainly for our church as a pastor in our congregation, just to encourage our church. You know, we are only as healthy as we are together. Mm-hmm. It says yep. in Ephesians that the body, when each part works properly builds itself up mm-hmm. in love. How does the body grow in love? Well, he says that each part works properly. How is it working properly? It's loving. So a church isn't loving because one guy or girl, man or woman is loving. It's a loving body when everyone is loving. And as you love me and as I love you and we all love each other with our gifts for the good of the whole body, the whole body grows. And our, I know... You know, our heart for our church, our desire for our church, and our responsibility to instruct and shepherd our church is that they would increasingly use their gifts in the service of the body for the glory of God. And, you know, if we can be a help in that, but just to encourage the church, you know, today, make it your aim to work for the good of others mm-hmm. and the glory of God in the service of Christ. And He will, He absolutely will give you opportunity. You go to bed and pray tonight, God, for your name and the good of these people. Like, help me to help them. You will you will be given opportunity. Amen. Yeah, amen. Well, uh, we will hopefully uh, be here next week in person, barring, you know, the end of the world. Uh and come Lord Jesus come. Yes. <laughs> Which wouldn't be bad. Yeah, yeah. at this point in yeah. 2020. <laughs> anyways, we will be here as long as Christ ordains that we be here. Uh but yeah, thank you for that, guys. And again, any uh, questions, comments, just get in touch with us. Our emails are on our website, hillcitybaptist.com. And we will see you next week. Mm-hmm.